Hi guys, so we're back this week and I'm joined by Julia Schneider, who is a holistic health and lifestyle coach. Hello. Hello, very nice to be here. Very have, have I said your second name right? Yeah, so it's Julia Schneider and it's a holistic, holistic health and life transformation coach. Transformation so coach. Yeah, transform their lives so they can be healthier. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining me today. Um, we were just saying I'm those podcast listeners won't be able to see that I am currently sat on a bed with a comic strip uh, duvet. But uh, the last couple of episodes um, that have been out, we've my my puppy has made an appearance in them. So I've left him downstairs. I've come up to a little bit of a peaceful room. Um, so I thought it'd be a good little. Uh, atmosphere to have you on I guess getting started then tell me a little bit about the work that you do um, and and why you do it yeah I think I'll just I'll start out a little bit early earlier in my career just to give you an idea how it all progressed um, so I um, Let's see. So, okay. So I started as an early childhood educator, actually. So I wasn't actually into fitness at all at the time. My family was very active. So I had a lot of fitness in my background growing up. But in terms of career, I was actually going to become a teacher. And then I realized that it's a very unhealthy kind of job. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a long story. And I was also very excited about fitness and health. So I decided to go to university and I got a kinesiology degree, uh, which is kinesiology and health and science. So, so it's different than muscle testing. Like a lot of people think kinesiology is muscle testing, but this is actually a, there was a degree in health and science. And uh, uh, in my last year of university, I, I became a personal trainer and that was it. Like I was just so passionate about it. It, it was just like an amazing career. Um, and I worked for four years as a personal trainer and throughout this time I started noticing that personal training alone is not enough like the telling people how to lift weights and how to eat properly and that was not enough because there was some other stuff happening a lot of people came to me and they were telling me very personal stories from their lives right yeah you you probably had that experience too right and I realized that you know what I actually don't have enough training because it sounded to me that people are not just coming for the fitness aspect, they needed some emotional support. And I did not have that in my uh, education. So I went and became a, well, actually also became a holistic health coach first, uh, because I wanted to include more of the stress management and uh, mindset stuff and just, you know, make things more holistic. So take it beyond the exercise alone. And then I realized that's not enough either, and I uh, took a certification to become a coach that helps with emotional, let's just say emotional alchemy. It's kind of like uh, if a person has 
something blocking them emotionally from their health goals, I would help them to transform that. And once I started offering it as a, this package, you know, like everything together, whatever the client needs, we focus there and then we kind of expand. Uh, think, yeah, I, I started getting much better results with these people. I, I love that. And so much of what you said I can kind of relate to because I trained as a personal trainer as well. And I found that actually the, just as you said, the fitness just isn't enough because you can do the work in the gym, but if you're going home to an environment where there's a lot of stress or a lot of emotional kind of issues, it will all get in the way of any kind of transformation. Um, so I love that you now kind of, do you still personal train, but kind of integrate everything together still, or are you more focused on the emotional um, health coaching side of it? I, uh, I do both. I do like, uh, I, I don't train people at the gym anymore, but I do, I combine my coaching with hiking in the woods. So we mobilize the body, we mobilize the energy. And as that happens, you know, the brain harmonizes. And then we have access to so much more information and the ability to transform. Uh, but I, um, you know, it depends on the client. If someone comes to me and I can see that what they need is actually the physical fitness aspect, then I focus on that. But if, uh, if someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, I want to lose weight. And then we discover that they have uh, serious relationship challenges and uh, money stress and they don't sleep well. And, then, you know, I say, no, you know what, let's start with that. And we just start with very light exercise, you know, so that, because, you know, I want them to feel they're getting what they're, what they came to me for, right? Like sometimes people actually want what they want, <laughs> right? You can just mm -hmm. like substitute it, right? And so we do exercise, but we just do it in a much lighter way. And then we, once we harmonize and balance out all the other areas of life, then we, go back to the exercise and actually do it properly. Like, you know, the, kind of, the way it needs to be done for their goals. So with your pursuit into more alternative practices, I guess, to support this personal training, was it something that you felt a need or was it something that you yourself had kind of experienced? Hmm. Yeah, it, it was something I experienced as well. It, it's, it's both. But um, like what happened about 11 years ago is that I burnt out and I burnt out at the top of my fitness. It, it was kind of my, at the top of my, I would say like the most ideal physical fitness I felt at the time, like I was lifting very heavy weights. I was, like I was very, I wasn't a bodybuilder per se, like I didn't do competitions, but I was very, I was going very heavy, heavy in the gym and felt very strong, very powerful. And then I just burnt out and, uh, I no longer, I couldn't do anything. I, I actually was so tired. I couldn't even move my arms, you know, like I couldn't get up. And, um, once that happened, I started to reassess my approach to fitness. And I realized that I actually got into this mindset of more is better, you know, heavy is better. And, uh, that actually what burnt me out. And, so I started to transform my own beliefs, you know, that if I go to the gym, I don't have to push so hard. It's not about pushing hard. It's about being healthy, you know, and gradually I shifted out of the gym. I mean, I still work out at the gym sometimes, 
but uh, most of the time I'm just outdoors doing kayaking and hiking and you know so sports that are much lighter but I, it's very enjoyable and very healthy and you know supports me in a different way like I look very different than I used to look I, I'm much smaller <laughs> I used to be uh, pretty I, I wasn't bulky you know women typically don't get bulky but I was yeah <laughs> I, I had strong my, I was yeah I was uh, yeah I looked like almost like a bodybuilder but not quite so I think I should point out that you are based in Canada is that correct yeah 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 just because if people listening and they're in rainy old England like I am right now and they're like really kayaking like you're out all the time <laughs> I thought I'd just have to clarify that yeah 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 so whereabouts in Canada in Toronto Toronto area and they have you know our winters are actually pretty harsh and uh, they last for a long time but I just get used to you know because you know Canadians like our saying is there's no bad weather there's just bad clothing you know and so you yeah you just do you just do it <laughs> yeah it's so true I've got a friend who is uh from Cal well Calgary kind of area and I remember going to visit him and it was actually a really mild winter when I went um but that your mild winter would stop England basically um and it always makes me laugh whenever there's we we get about a couple of centimeters of snow and we're you know the planes aren't flying people aren't driving it's just madness here so whenever it gets a tiny bit of snow I always message my friend I'm like oh it's really bad here this time and he's just like face palm you can't believe it <laughs> yeah. yeah sometimes we have to shuttle ourselves out like you know there's so much snow that it kind of comes up to you know the floor level <laughs> so that's pretty hard to kayak in yeah you know yeah we don't kayak although i gotta tell you i have some friends who do kayak in the winter i'm not that brave <laughs> <laughs> or not a mysticistic, but yeah, they just put on, uh, you know, like warm clothes and then you, you can put on dry suit. Mm -hmm. And so if you fall into the water, it's fine because you're still dry. So yeah, they just, as soon as, because we had a few mild days uh, this winter, like it wasn't too bad. This winter was pretty good. And I saw posts on Facebook. It's like, I'm going hiking. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one question that I, I wanted to delve into with you a little bit, because we hear about it a lot, but I wanted to understand or, or explain a little bit about what, what holistic health actually is. So how would you define it? And, and what is the difference, I guess, between holistic health and health that we would consider as the norm? Mm, that's such a great question. I'm so, I'm so happy you asked this. Um, so there, you know, holistic, the term is very subjective. People use it for many different, you know, ways. Like sometimes people say holistic just to indicate that it's natural medicine. So for example, uh, I don't know if um, naturopathy is referred to as holistic, but some people do refer to things like naturopathy or, you know, like essential oils, for example, people call it like a holistic kind of, uh, so I'm going to talk about what I refer to when I say holistic. And so for me, holistic means working with a person in a holistic way. It's like, so it's not when I work with a client, I don't just look at one thing or like two or three things. I actually look at their entire life. And so, for example, 
if someone comes to me and that happens so often it's kind of funny so oftentimes i have people come to me and they say um they have a lot of stress in their life so you know it's um some clients are uh, teachers you know teachers have a lot of, so basically they typically feel lots of anxiety and they are stressed and they come to me and they're like well i just want to you know like to manage my stress better and i say okay let's see what we can do and within one or two sessions it becomes very clear that what they really want is a really good loving relationship i mean this happened to me so many times it happens pretty much every time and well, not every time, but very often. And um, so we switch from, and I actually discovered that I actually know quite a bit about, you know, self-care. They know they need to go to bed at a certain time. And I realized, well, you know what? I don't actually need to work with them on that because they already know what to do. And we just shift to relationships. And we started exploring their, you know, typically, well, sometimes they're already married or in a relationship and they just want to deepen the relationship or sometimes they want to attract a, a loved one, you know, like a life partner. So we switch to that. And the, I find that once that area gets exactly, you know, gets harmonized and they get exactly what they want, that stress drops immediately, you know, there's, you know, and they're able to manage the stress much better. So, and that's how it works. So I, I see how all aspects of people's lives work together. And if I see that something is out of alignment, we just put it back into alignment. And this way, all the other areas transform as well because, you know, it's just a system, right? Like once one area is balanced out, everything else gets balanced out as well. So I guess that's what I mean when I say I work as a holistic practitioner. It's not just health, although everything leads back to health. Like, you know... Uh, let's say if you have money issues, I could work with you on your health as much as you want, but if you still have money stress, that stress is going to impact everything you do. So, you know, so then, so basically it's addressing whatever causes the imbalance in a person's life and bringing it into harmony. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a puzzle piece, like a puzzle. You've got to yeah. make sure all the pieces will fit together. And it's getting that, that full picture, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's, um, I would say like the, what I do the most is I help people align with their life path. Cause when you're on your, your unique life path, your authentic life path, everything is much easier to harmonize. Cause you know, like, cause it's almost like, imagine, uh, that you're, you know, you have a, you want to go to New York, you're driving from, LA and you want to get to New York right and let's say you have like a straight way to go and it's much easier you don't get lost if you drive directly but what happens oftentimes to people so they decide they want to go to New York but then they keep taking wrong turns it's like you know this gets attractive they go there this gets more attractive and after a while first of all you lose your path and it just becomes much harder so I help people to get on their authentic path and live their lives in alignment with their, that path. So whatever in a person's life that is kind of out of harmony with their unique path, we just bring it back into alignment. How, how do you deal with, because there's got to be some people that don't know what the end destination mm. is. So how would you go about discovering that? 
Well, I, I don't think anyone knows what the end destination is. And so what we do is we actually only look a year ahead. We only look a year ahead. So there is a way. So I work intuitively. When we walk in the woods, especially because that's when I do my coaching, um, I tune in to the person's energy and I kind of, I see where their life is going. I kind of listen to the energetic path of their life. And at the same time, I help them tune into that as well. So I set up an environment in a way where the person, even, you know, typically I actually get clients who are already naturally intuitive, uh, but even people who are still more in their minds, there's a way to tune into the energetic frequency where they can hear what's in alignment for them. And so we look a year ahead and we just see, okay, whatever you see a year ahead, is your current life aligned with that? And if it's not aligned, then we put it back, we bring it into alignment. And, and we just continue. So it's like one little step after the other. We don't, I mean, sometimes, you know, like if I feel it's kind of a good idea, we sort of look all the way towards the end of their life. So we sort of, again, it, it happens energetically. It's, uh, it's like a meditation in a sense. So we sort of see them at the end of their life on their deathbed. I mean, look back, like what happened in their life. But again, we don't think about it. We just tune in energetically to see. Uh, but most of the time, we just look a year ahead because that, you know, that's the easiest and everything else can change. That's the thing. Like it's not set in stone, but if you only look about a year ahead, it typically works pretty well to kind of move towards your whatever your purpose is, right? Everybody has something. <laughs> so if somebody kind of looks ahead and, and they aren't excited by what they see or they're not encouraged by it, are there things that they can do to, to change that path? Hmm. You know, that's, I love that question. So first of all, I never had that happen. Uh, it's, I never had someone looking through their future and be like, Oh, I don't, I don't want that. Like it's typically, typically what shows up. That's kind of from my experience. Typically what shows up is actually very inspiring. It's very exciting. And the reason it's inspiring is because it's in alignment with them. Because it could be really this, what is it called? Uh, it could be not inspiring for somebody else. But for that person, because it's their unique path, it actually really lights them up. So that's my experience. Uh, but that being said, if it ever did happen if someone did kind of was like oh i don't really want that um i believe that there's infinite possibilities in, in in our life and we just so what do we do we just tune in to well we would tune in to you know like what other possibilities are there what what else do you sense and if uh you know once they find the the possibility this that lights them up then we take that and then we create the life, you know, like we take steps that will support the emergence of that, whatever does light them up. Mm. That's so like, I find it really interesting. And um, we weren't, I wasn't planning on talking to you about that at all, but it's just a really interesting thing because sometimes I think when, when people talk about energies and things, it, it's really accessible and some people just click with it and they're like, yeah, I get that. Like I, I understand. And but others might be, as you said, more in their mind. Um, 
and and feel as though you know they have to think everything and 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 that's often where the tension and the stress and the doubt comes in isn't it instead of just trusting yeah exactly exactly yeah and that's the other part is that i help people to really trust their intuition because i believe it comes factory installed it's not like we have to cultivate it or learn like they already have it they have that tool it's just that we have to learn how to shift our attention in a way where we can actually hear it you know and and once we hear it we need to trust it right because oftentimes we hear it and then and our, our mind is like oh no that's ridiculous that's impossible and we just like throw it away and move on with our life and anyways and then you know it just just like you said it becomes stressful and but yeah when we follow our intuition once we learn to trust our intuition and we actually take steps according to what the, our intuition is saying everything becomes so much easier just i've been living this way for the last two years i actually had a very active mind and uh even though i've been really intuitive my entire life i uh especially when it comes to business it's it was very hard for me to listen to my intuition as it comes to my business like everything else i was like oh yeah yeah i can you know i can sense this is how it is and i would i would be okay but as soon as my business was involved i was like no 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 no, no. i just have to do this for my mind you know all the strategies and uh and then two years ago uh i had this mentor and she in a way she basically helped me she validated me you know like we would tune in together and i would hear something and she typically heard the same thing and you know like she would tell me what she heard i would tell her what, she, what i heard and oftentimes it would do the same thing and she would encourage me to actually take action based on that and in the beginning i was very resistant <laughs> and i was like i always had excuses no but what's the point and blah, blah blah and she's like no your intuition said you need to do it do it and uh you know and the more i started like at this point i actually live my life this way i don't listen to i mean sometimes you know i learn strategies and stuff but for the most part is like whatever my intuition tells me i just take action on that and typically it turns out really well like i never had an experience where i followed my intuition and it like blew up in my face i never yeah i never had that experience. i think quite often it can get overwhelming because you know we've got bills to pay we've got money to make we've got mouths to feed and the kind of that that intuition or that following it can become as we said kind of scary because it's like but but i have these things to do i've got to make these i've got i've got to fill these um tick lists and things like that and and the stress kind of will pile up and pile up and i guess that's perhaps where burnout comes in yes yep that's that's a part of it too yeah so how would you describe burnout so burnout i would say yeah i actually would agree that a lot of burnout happens because we're anxious and the reason we're anxious so just think about it so uh anxiety is fueled by adrenaline right so anytime you're anxious your adrenals are working meaning pump, right preparing you for something you don't know what's going to happen right so they're constantly working so of course you're going to burn out after a while right so lack of uh, trust in our intuitive knowing and 
you know, feeling like we need to do something, but we don't know what to do. That's, I would say, one of the biggest reasons for burnout for people. Um, but there's a lot of other reasons why people burn out. And, you know, you were asking me what, how would I define burnout? And it's, gosh, you just end up being, you just don't have enough energy, really. You know, you, there's actually uh, four stages of burnout. So the first stage, you actually don't notice it for the most part. You just kind of start feeling a little bit, eh, just a little bit less perky, you know, like less vibrant, but it, it's not very noticeable. Then second stage, you actually start to notice it. You kind of start getting more tired. Uh, third stage is when you can barely move. And fourth stage is when you die. So basically your organs cannot function anymore and they shut down. So, you know, aside from what we already are talking about, the intuitive aspect, you know, not listening to our intuition. So I, um, I discovered this theory and some, some experts confirm it. Some experts don't really look at it this way, but there's a very kind of core reason why people burn out and it's related to our childhood attachment style so basically it's related to our experiences as children like growing up um and i'll just very briefly talk about there's four attachment styles and i'll talk about each style and how i believe each person's person burns out in each of these styles so the first style it's called secure attachment and uh, which is the ideal attachment really and this means that a child grew up in an environment where, for the most part, they felt safe, uh, their needs were met, for the most part. I mean, nobody's perfect, right? But for the most part, they felt really comfortable and safe and loved and cared about. And these people tend to burn out because of society. So, which means that, you know, nowadays with technology and the deadlines and it seems like full time went from 35 hours a week to 45 hours a week. So it's like we work more and more and more. So yeah, of course you're going to burn out. Um, but these people typically, so, so they typically burn out because of not being able to manage their lifestyle properly, you know, too many expectations. Um, then the second attachment style, it's called anxious attachment. And in this attachment, what happens is that, you know, oftentimes the parents are actually really loving and caring. Uh, but they might have been preoccupied somehow, you know, maybe they had like, maybe they had to work two jobs or uh, maybe the mother was unwell, you know, maybe she had depression or she had, she was ill or the father had to travel for work. And uh, what happens is that the child ends up feeling that they have to constantly pull people's attention towards them because otherwise they lose the attention. And, you know, like as children, we need a lot of attention to feel safe, right? So after a while, the child learns that relationships are not, um, how should I put it? Like they're not secure. Like relationships, you can lose relationships because, you know, your mom was hugging you and, you know, singing to you one moment and then something happened and you couldn't get her attention for a very long time. And the child gets anxious. It's, it's this constant kind of like hyper focus on how can they get attention. And these people burn out specifically because of that, because they, um, they have trouble trusting relationships and they are constantly on the lookout of being left or being disconnected from. And that causes a lot of anxiety. 
and which means and that kind of impacts the adrenals and that causes burnout and you know uh, this kind of style there's a lot of self-soothing strategies so oftentimes people rely on emotional eating to soothe their uh, fear of being left right or they work a lot like a lot like m much more than the average person and you know and those kind of things so that's what what brings them out um then there is another attachment style called the avoidant attachment and here uh, the child grew up in a way where the neglect there was maybe neglect or just kind of relationships were really unsatisfying for that child and they just decided okay you know what forget it i don't need relationships i'm, I'm gonna do everything on my own and these people tend to burn out because they too, take on too much because they just take on all of the responsibility on their on themselves, don't delegate anything, and they just do way too much. Uh, and then there is uh, the fourth attachment style, which is called um, uh, disorganized attachment. And this is, I would say, the most susceptible um, attachment to burnout because the child grows up in, a, in an environment that is dangerous. It's not a safe environment. So um, some, you know, sometimes maybe like the father is like a raging kind of person, you know, maybe he gets mad out of nowhere and it scares the child or, you know, whatever, like some other dangerous stuff might be happening. And what happens is that the child kind of, it's like they move towards love, right? Because it's natural. The child wants love, but because something scary is coming back their way they sort of move back and they freeze and when you freeze like when you're physiologically frozen your your organs can function properly and uh, so these people tend to have a lot of mystery illnesses you know i don't know if you ever heard of people who just go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor and just never get better typically these are those kind of people because they have this underlying uh, emotional, you know, nervous system, emotional stuff. And, you know, it doesn't matter how well they eat, how much they exercise, like uh, that underlying stress keeps burning them out from the inside. So that's a little summary <laughs> for you. It's really um, interesting. It's really interesting. And I think when you started talking about the four stages of burnout and you said, you know, the first one you don't really... Uh, and like get it and then you're like yep yep the second one you start to feel it yep yep third one you you get really tired and everyone and I was like nodding along and then you're like and the fourth one you die and I was like oh okay and I think a lot of people might might be able to associate with I hope just the first three um but what what can people do to to kind of avoid that burnout and I mean if they feel like maybe they resonate with some of the, the first stages like how can they how can they get back from that well you know the best way is to be very conscious become very conscious of your lifestyle and really notice you know like do you feel first of all when you wake up in the morning do you feel vibrant do you feel awake you know do you feel ready to take on the day or are you like Oh, where, you know, where's my coffee? I can barely get myself, right? And if you see that, that's a sign for you. Okay, something is, is off. You need, like, because we are meant to wake up. Even people who are not morning people, <laughs> I'm not a morning person, uh, 
even those people wake up, sure, like it takes us a little bit longer to kind of get going, but we wake up vibrant, kind of we, we're supposed to wake up feeling really good. So if you don't feel this when, when you wake up, that's, that's already a sign. And um, what you can do is ask yourself, like look at your life and ask yourself, well, by the end of my to-do list, like by the end of the day, I finished everything I've done. Do I feel like I actually have something left energetically or am I like done, you know, like, or, and if you're done, then how can you remove some of the to-dos? from your to-do list. Can you delegate? Can you not do it? Here's an idea. Maybe you don't have to do it. Maybe you think you have to do it, but you don't actually have to do it, you know? And that goes back to the intuition part. So let's say you have a to-do list. Let's say you have like eight things on your to-do list for the day. Can you sense into each of those activities and see if intuitively you feel like you really need to do it? Or when you sense into this activity, maybe you feel totally flat and uninspired and kind of like, oh, I have to push through it because, you know, my mind says. And if that starts to happen, like if you notice that, don't do it. Don't do it. Even if it's scary, even if you think your entire life is going to fall apart, like start with those little tiny actions of not doing what you think you need to do and see what happens like a lot of people when i suggest that they get really scared because <laughs> it's like what how can i do it right but can you make some time to rest like are you able to maybe you know maybe you don't have to do this today maybe you can do it tomorrow maybe you can do it next week like how can you make more space in your schedule and and being very honest with yourself and you know, and, you know, oftentimes I find that people do things because other people expect them to do those things. And that's where communication comes in. You know, it's like, it's being responsible for your own health, knowing that the best way for you to be like of value to the world is to be healthy. You know, like people who are not well, they can't really contribute to the world or to your family. You know, you don't do anything. But when you have, we have a lot of energy, when we have a lot of inspiration, we become so, so much more inspiring for others and we can contribute so much more to others. So, you know, if we feel that we have to do something because someone else is expecting us to do it, then we need to learn how to communicate with that person and just so that they understand that by us maybe doing less, it actually benefits, you know, the whole much more. You know, those are just those are just a few ideas, but really the key is to do less and go slower, which is totally the opposite of what happens in the world right now. You know, especially with the technology and all of that, like everything just speeds up. But because we need to be very conscious, specifically because of that. You know, because humans are not robots. You know, we are moving into. I'm pretty freaked out. I'll be honest with you. We're moving into the era of AI and, you know, machines that do, but the thing is we need to remember that we are human. Machines don't need oxygen. Machines don't need food. You know, machines can keep going until they break down, right? And then they can be fixed. Humans, we are alive. We are much more complex. We need to really, really be conscious of the fact that 
we can't treat ourselves as machines. We need to treat ourselves as humans. And same thing, same goes to, to the, to, uh, you know, culture, really culture is to help others wake up to the fact that, you know, things are really out of, out of balance society wise, and that we need to like take full responsibility for ourselves. We as a society are so keen on being busy. It's like a glorified thing. And we always have so much on. And what you just said about AI actually made me think for a moment. And I thought, do, do you think that if we, you know, I mean, the technology world, as you said, it's changing and it's scary how quickly, you know, things are moving ahead. But do you think if people, if it were possible to get these machines to do the the some of our jobs do you think that it would give us as a society as a culture the the permission to step back and like breathe or do you think that we are so conditioned that we will just fill our time with more things to do well that's a very great question and and i think that So far, my experience from what I see is that it's it ha- what happens is the opposite. Like that, I guess I think the idea be, behind AI and all of those machines is exactly what you're saying. The you know so that it can free us up to do less. But what I see is it actually causes us to do more. And uh, okay, so there was this. I think it was in China or in Japan. Uh, there was the first anchor you know, news, news anchor, he was a robot. I forget. Yeah, I think it was China. And guess what? So, okay, think about it. So let's say you work for uh, a radio station, a TV station, and all of a sudden your job has been replaced by a robot, right? Like, so what's going to happen to you? Are you going to be like, oh, well, great. I don't have to do so much. I can go have a vacation. No, you're going to be like, oh my God, I need to do more because, you know, so, like my job is going to be taken away from me. I'm not going to have any money, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I think that people, the more technology comes into our day-to-day life, people try to speed up to meet the, you know, to, to, to not be replaceable basically. And And at the same time, technology causes us to be um, engaged much more often. So, for example, I worked uh, in a corporation a while back, and uh, one of my, um, you know, my colleagues, they were, you know, they were on call, and so they receive, they would receive a BlackBerry, and they constantly have, they had to respond. So, because they had access, you know, the company has access to them pretty much the entire time, they had to work the entire time, you know? So I really think, like, I really think that the only reason, the only way this is not going to get out of control is if we as humans recognize that we absolutely do have to slow down because just, you know, going so fast, it's not good for us. Like, we can, you know, we can't keep up with such a pace. I think... For some people, and, and I think I'm probably one of these people, when I have too much space, that's when I feel like my my mood goes down. I've got too much time to think. So I fill my days with things to do, you know, people to help. And, you know, 
I think sometimes that space, it's so craved, but it's also, if you have too much, it almost feels like it works against you. So how, how does that all fit in as a personality type? I think it should be, you know, individual for each person. It's, you know, if, if it's all about, again, tuning into yourself and becoming very conscious of what you need as an individual, because Everyone is different. Some people need more space. I love having a lot of space. I, you know, in the past, I used to, yeah, okay, let me tell you about my schedule in the past. I would wake up at six in the morning, go to the gym, train my clients, go to university, teach fitness classes in between my lectures, go back to the gym, train my clients until nine in the evening, hang out with a friend, and then go home and do it all over again. So it was non-stop going and but after a while especially after i burnt out and i kind of reassessed my life i realized you know what i don't want to i don't like being so busy all the time and i made space in my life now what i find is that because people are so busy nowadays when we do have space there's actually you know in the past when actually think about italy i i the other day i was reading about italy and what they do is so they work then they have two-hour break, or sometimes actually four-hour, like siesta, right? So they go for siesta. They go home with their family. They cook lunch together. They have lunch together. They interact. Then they go back to work. We don't have that in North America. I mean, maybe some people have it, but it's very rare. Like, we don't have uh, that kind of a community structure in uh well i don't know about uk maybe you guys have it a little bit it's a little bit different but i know that no right yeah and same here in north america and so no wonder when you do have space no wonder that you feel kind of you know maybe bored or like too much thinking happening because you don't actually interact right with other people so there's no connection and uh someone that i was listening to a while ago she calls it um contact nutrition we as humans we need contact nutrition meaning that we need to interact with humans other humans in a way that really harmonizes harmonizes us because that's how we're designed um so yeah so you know i would suggest like for someone like you i would encourage you to just do it very gradually so you know take one tiny little activity and throw it out and fill that space with, I don't know, go for coffee with a friend or, uh, you know, do something that with another human being that you enjoy. And after a while, you're not going to want to work so much, I promise. <laughs> you're going to be like, eh, maybe later. <laughs> maybe I'll leave it. <laughs> I guess I think my husband would worry that the washing would never get done because I'd be like, mm, doesn't fill me up. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's all about figuring out how to make it work. Even if you don't like it, you know, you, I know a friend, she delegates. She, uh, there's a washing service comes into their house and they do all the laundry and they leave. So, you know, there's like, it's always, you can figure out, you can figure out how to do, get everything done without the stress. That sounds ideal. So what kind of changes do you see with the people that you work with then? Like, I mean, if you could give a couple of examples of times where you've really been enriched by what you do from mm. seeing what somebody else has gained from working with you. Well, 
I had um, this client, actually, she's like, she's still in my mind. Oh, man, she was just amazing. Um, so she basically wanted to do something that would make a very big difference for the environment. It was uh, not a safe thing that she wanted to do because it involved some friction between certain companies. Um, and what we did with her, because she also had a lot of anxiety, and as we kept walking in the woods, we came to a place where she, because she actually wanted to go against those companies. So imagine yourself, one girl, I mean, she wasn't a girl, girl, but she, you know, like young woman, one <laughs> single young woman wanted to go against very big companies who were not nice companies. And, um, I'm very happy that she came to me because we talked through it and we realized that if she actually went against those companies, she would be burnt out in six, like six months tops, tops. Cause, oh my gosh. I mean, you can only imagine what would happen. Right. And as we kept talking about it, we realized that, you know what, the way to support her health, the way to make it really easy and safe, and really powerful for her and actually set her up for success is to instead of going against those companies is for her to create something totally different that actually does support the environment so uh and this way it it, it was going to nourish her and support her emotionally and help to get community around her instead of her to having to do everything herself yeah and after a while she just i don't know she just like became like was like bloomed like a flower you know like she came very stressed out and anxious and tired and after a while we researched her i helped her gain confidence in herself you know and just realize that she can actually do it and it can be done safely and you know there's no need to hurt herself in the process in any way and yeah she, she's just very inspired and very happy to move forward that sounds amazing and um, i'm sure quite a lot of people will have listened to our chat and probably resonated with a lot of the work that you do um so where where can people find you what you know if somebody is listening and, and thinks yeah like i really i want to talk to julia i want to i want to see if she can help help me how can how can they get in touch where they can where can they find you uh, yeah, so they can go to uh, my website. So it's uh, www.alivewithpossibility.coach. Uh, yeah, and, and just email me, you know, use the contact form and just send me a message and tell me, you know, what would you like to talk about? And I can set up, we can have like a um, one hour complimentary session where I can just talk to you, take you through a process that will help you get clear on really what you want because like a lot of people come to me and they uh they are already sort of clear on what they want but i help people to just go deeper and just like make it crystal clear vision and then i can either uh help you out myself or i can uh tell you who who, who else could support you in the way that you need that's amazing that's such an incredible offer as well so if you guys are listening and you want to get in touch with Julia, definitely do it. I think sometimes we have to, if I think we listen to things and we think, yeah, yeah, I should do that. All right. Yeah. I could benefit from that. And then we leave it. But 
don't leave it. You know, you've got an incredible opportunity to possibly open new doors and um, definitely go to that. All of the links will be in the show notes. So you can get to Julia's website from there. And I'll also share her Instagram as well. So you can kind of keep in touch with her. Um, But just thank you so much for this chat. It's been so great. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's really fun talking to you. Really, really good. So that's it for this week. We're all wrapped up. So if you guys would like to keep in touch, make sure to follow me on all the socials, um, subscribe to the podcast. And if you're there, why not give us a little rating and a review? And I thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Bye.